Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, 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 what's good, Facebook family? Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Happy freaking fabulous Friday everyone freaking fabulous friday freaking fabulous friday i hope you are ready for the weekend i'm sure you put in a long diligent hard work of week hard week of work and you are now ready to hopefully relax so i am here with you is this is is that all we had i'm sorry that was a laundry delivery person also, my single studio guest for the day, just delivering some laundry. So, anyway, I hope you guys are ready for your Friday, and I hope you've had a fantastic week and ready for your weekend. That I close this um, week of Post Daily Dose with a couple of thoughts. One, my dear friend and colleague, Kelly, asked me to talk about Kelly Belt who's also one of our Fear to Love instructors and also one of our certified post-parenting coaches, um, asked me to talk about emotional matching, and then I'm going to share with you also my thoughts on teens and cell phones. So first of all, hello there, Mimi. I'm glad you are relaxing, and yes, I'm doing just fine. A Katrina says, I just found your page from a friend's recommendations. I love your information to help me with my 10-year-old. Glad to be of support and service and assistance to you, Katrina. So first up, emotional matching. So this is a, um, it, uh, is it a technique? I'm not sure it's a technique because I'm not really big into tools and techniques. What it actually is, is it is the creation of emotional containment for your child's disrespect. Sometimes when your children are upset, let's say they're really escalated, and you're trying to be calm, you're trying to be regulated, and you're trying to, you know, use a calm voice and bring them down. That doesn't all that doesn't always make emotionally contained. And if a child's emotional expression is outside of the containment area, then they don't feel safe. It actually creates more anxiety for them and it has a tendency to to increase the, the duration of the of the episode that may be going on. So emotional matching is something that I use and I encourage parents to use from time to time when children are upset. And it really is, a, and it, it is just that. It is the ability to emotionally match mm -hmm. your child's emotional state so that you create an effective holding environment, an effective emotional holding environment just the other day I had one of my kiddos was upset he was in the back seat and I mean he was upset and he he was he was you know outside of his own his own ability to regulate himself obviously very dysregulated and I was right there with him and this is the key to emotional matching as he was upset I said in an elevated voice, you're, you deserve to be angry. You should be angry. I can't even imagine what you're experiencing right now. I'm sorry you feel this way. Listen to the words and also listen to the tone. See, this is very important. You're supposed to be upset. Let it out. Go ahead and be angry if that's what you need to do. Let it go. You hear those words? 
All of those words are words of support and encouragement. They're not words of, you stop yelling, this is not okay. See, that's creating more stress and more anxiety. The moment I start, the moment I start emotionally matching this young man with my emotional energy, I'm matching his emotional energy, but mine is bigger. It has the capacity to contain his. And when I can do that, then what happens is he feels safer within his own emotional environment. When I create emotional containment, he can feel safer with the, with the presence that I am creating. But you have to have a, a present state of mind. If you don't have a present state of mind, then an elevated voice can actually create more stress and more overwhelm. It's so important. That is the key. I would probably say, if you are not able to stay regulated, you should not try to emotionally match. Mm -hmm. But if you can stay regulated, if you can stay present, if you can stay mindful, then you can emotionally match. Because then your words are congruent with the child's experience. They're supportive of the child's experience. You can express what you can express feelings and tone that literally sounds like anger, but the words are of support and encouragement. That's the matching. The matching is when I can say to you, you should be angry. You should let it out. You deserve to feel just the way you feel right now. Keep letting it out. That's the matching. See, that expression from me exceeds the child's expression. And when that expression exceeds the child's expression, I'm creating an emotional container for them. Now, if I was unable to stay present and connected, the child could experience that as a threat and become more overwhelmed, and therefore that would cause more, more of the acting out. But when I can create the containment and I can truly match, it usually will lead to regulation. It creates safety, non it's non-verbal, it's physiologic safety, and it helps the child come down. So it's very important when you start thinking about emotional matching of your child. Being really mindful, being really present is the key is that when you, it, Christy says, it seems your feelings are passion but not threatening. Absolutely. It's the presence that allows you to remain passionate that doesn't tip into feeling threatened. You, if you feel threatened, don't try to emotionally match because it's not going to be congruent to create more of an intense scenario because you're going to be trying something that really you're not authentic, you're not congruent with. Um, Final thought on that is your ability to be mindful and present and emotionally match also gives you the flexibility to dial it down. See, you may emotionally match for a period of three to four to five seconds, and then you dial it down. And then you may need to match more, and then you dial it down. See, that's you controlling. That's not just you controlling your pitch and your tone. That's you controlling your physiology. Getting your physical, your and then bringing your energy back down. Getting it real big and bringing it back down. And you do that in congruence with where the child's emotional expression is at. So I hope that's helpful. Kelly, I hope that's helpful for you guys, all of you who've been asking about emotional matching. So last thought is, is I want to share um, my thoughts briefly on teenagers and cell phones. This is, 
such a big topic these days. It's, it's even beyond electronics. It's just specifically teenagers and cell phones. And here's what the whole dilemma debate reminds me of in the 60s, in the 50s and 60s, when it was teenagers and rock and roll. It reminds me of teenagers in the hippie movement. It reminds me of the 80s when it was teenagers and rock and roll. Oh, it was actually um, hair bands. So it was, uh, it was more heavy metal, more hair bands. In the 90s, bigger, bigger hair bands. And then in, in the late, in the 90s, it was also into the 2000s, it was gangster rap. And so th the reason I use that, that analogy is because we as parents, with every generation have that thing that causes us to feel threatened when it comes to our children. And the cell phone is one of those things where because our children are engaging with a world we don't know and oftentimes we don't even understand, it is automatically a threat to us. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. And so much of what I tell you guys and what I share with you guys is the same thing I do with my own children, that I've done with my own children, that I, that I work with families around every single day. You've got to mm -hmm. learn to put the relationship first. The relationship is the most important thing. Yes, children have more access. Your children, your babies have more access to, to, to more content than ever before. But guess what? That is the world we now live in. That is this generation's dilemma and struggle. And you know what creates more anxiety, more power struggles, more defiance, more resistance, more acting out than anything else is fear. When you allow your fear of what your child may or may not be exposed to to move you into needing to control them. And when you move into control, you're setting up a battle and it may work with your young children, but as your children get older, you're setting up a battle that you're probably going to end up losing. And I see parents losing this battle every single day. They're using the, the parental controls and the blocks and all these things. And I keep hearing the kids find a workaround. They find a workaround. They find a workaround. You know why they find a workaround? Because when it comes to electronics, they're smarter than you are. And for every parental control you put on a phone, there is probably a whole, there's probably a hundred feeds of teenagers saying, this is how you get around it. I'm not so certain that your teenager can't put in the exact parental control you're using and go pull up a group that tells them how to get around it. See, you're creating this generation's power struggle. You're creating this generation's control battle and you're gonna lose. And when you lose, you try to create more control because it creates fear. See, fear causes us to control, suppress, and change. That's what fear and stress causes us to do, to wanna to control, suppress, and change. And you could tell me ad nauseum all the terrible things that are, there are porn, there's cults, there's suicidal groups, there's terrorists, there's drugs, there's, you know, all the bad stuff is out there. It's always been out there, guys. It's not just now coming to the forefront. It's always been out there. Your kids go to public school, it's out there. I just had a conversation with a young man telling me about all the, the different 
the different things about uh, puff bars that kids have access to, all the different flavors, and and he, you know, and then he tells me about the school. Well, this school is pretty much the sex school. This school is pretty much the drug school, and this school is pretty much the fighting school. It's out there. It's the world we live in. The problem is when you lose relationship with your child. When you lose relationship with your child, that's when you're going to have the cell phone become more important than what's inside the home. And I'm going to be honest with you, and Christy will tell you the same. I've got two daughters, one now who's 25 years old, and I've got one that's going to be 17 years old soon. My Obviously, my 25-year-old didn't have her cell phone until she was you know, probably a teen, like 15 years old, because cell phones have just kind of become a big deal in the last 10 years. But Marley, my soon-to-be seven-year-old, has probably had a cell phone since she was at least eight or nine years old. And I have never once, not once, on her cell phone, not once on Michaela, my 25-year-old cell phone, not once on my, my son Kevin's cell phone, I have not once, and I pay those bills, asked to look at those phones. Because it's not about trusting my children. It's about trusting my love and my relationship with my children and trusting that my children know that I love them and that if they ever encounter anything that is more than they can, than they can handle, then they'll come to me or they'll come to their parent, their mom. So I don't dwell in that reality of fear and control. And it's so scary, but you know what? You know when it's the most scary? It's the scariest when you already don't have a strong relationship with your child. Now, I'm all for creating the boundaries and creating the limits on how much, how long. I'm all for all that kind of stuff. But I will tell you the same way I think about when I was a kid, when, when mom would say, go go find something, go outside and find something to do. It's a whole different world we lived in then. I could actually go outside, stop watching TV, and go outside and find something to do because I had five other friends that were just right down the street who we could go ride dirt bikes and go set fires and go kill some animals and, and go do something else destructive. But these days that doesn't really exist. So when you pull your child off of an electronic device, don't let your pat answer be go find something to do. Plan on engaging them in something. Plan on doing something with them. And that's going to strengthen that relationship. And worry less about the content your child is on and worry more about your attachment bond and your regulation with your child. Secure attachment is the ability of two people to regulate emotions together. Focus more on the relationship. Focus more on your attachment. Focus less on all those other threats that society has to offer. There are always so many threats. And you know what I say? I say let your kids mess up now while they're still at home, while they still got you to fall back on, as opposed to never having any experiences, never having any exposure, going out into the world at 18 when they're on their own, they think they're adults, and then they have those experiences and they don't have you to fall back on. That's when things get really tough. So we have to keep dialing down that fear, keep dialing down that fear, and keep focusing on and dialing up that love and that relationship. And I believe 100% you will not go wrong if you do that. So that's that's my little two cents on teens and cell phones. It just, it's been coming up a lot lately, so I wanted to share that with you. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. I just want to tell you, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can stop, we can slow down, take three to 10 deep breaths, 
and choose love. And I hope you will choose love. God bless each and every one of you. Big Papa loves you. Have a fantastic weekend. And I will see you on Monday. I'm going to be driving through the mountains, but I should be in a good spot by Monday. All right, guys. See you later.